Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today, and I'm so glad that you're here and hanging out with me. And today on the show, we are talking all about how to empower your kid to become bullyproof. And if you have a kid who has been bullied or you're going through this right now, it is such a painful and powerless feeling as a mom. What do you do? How do you support your kid so the bullying will stop? Well, my special guest today is Master Rich Grogan, and Rich is a master martial artist, sixth degree black belt, and a bullyproof and self-defense expert with over 40 years of experience. Having personally experienced bullying as a victim, bystander, and parent of his own child being bullied, Rich has made it his life's work to empower kids parents, teens, and adults with hope and the courage and confidence to believe in themselves, stand up to bullying, and stand out in the crowd to become bullyproof and live their best kicking life. Today, we talk about Rich's new book, Becoming Bullyproof, and how to bullyproof and empower our kids. Let's dive in. Well, welcome, Rich, the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, Joe, thank you so very much for the opportunity to, to connect with you. And heck, we've already had a great conversation off the air. So I'm excited about sharing all this wonderful information, empowerment with uh, your, your moms and listeners and followers, and hopefully even some dads listen too. Yes. Well, you're so inspiring, and I can't wait for my listeners to hear about all that you're up to and the resources and your book that is out. You have two, well, you have another one that came out and uh, the one that came out last year, Becoming Bullyproof and excited to talk about all of that. Yes, he's holding it up. So for those of you that are watching on YouTube, I love the cover, cover by the way. Yeah, the the, uh, um, the whole attitude behind the cover is this. Unfortunately, the little guy here, uh, and it could be a little girl, it could be anybody, is got the shoulders down, kind of the defeated posture. It's and sometimes life will do that to us. Or I guess you should say sometimes more times than we'd like, but essentially, the shadow is who we really are. 
We're empowered, and that's what the Bullyproof is all about. But we need a hero or a guide to remind us this is who we are because sometimes we get in the slumps and the, you know, kind of the funks of life, and that's how we feel. And we walk around looking like a victim and feeling like a victim. Guess what's going to happen? We're going to be a victim. However, we walk around feeling and looking empowered. We're not only going to empower ourselves, we're going to project that out and it's going to empower others, which essentially is kind of what I try and talk about with our brand uh, bullyproof is uh, empowering kids, parents, teens, and adults with a hope, faith, and confidence to believe in themselves, overcome their fears, battle through the challenges to be who they were born to be. I love that. I love that tagline. It's so good. Yeah. Love it. And it's not just kids, it's us too. And we'll dig into that, but I want you to tell uh, our listeners a little bit about you. What's your, how did you end up you know, writing books, doing all that you're doing now around bullying and empowerment. Well, the, the, the book here, Becoming Bullyproof, is all about, essentially, it's me as a 12-year-old meeting me 40 years later, and we go on a journey together where the older me is teaching the younger me everything I wish I would have known about standing up for myself, about believing in myself, about uh, realizing that I'm unique, just like every single one of us is unique in our own God-given way, but it's taking that unique God-given talent and becoming who we were born to be, not trying to fit into the proverbial round hole with everybody else, but standing out from the crowd and believing enough in ourselves to do so. Because as we know in society, it's so easy to just fit in uh, with everybody else. And it's like, well, I want to fit in. Well, you get in there and you're fitting in. You feel, man, okay, I guess I'm comfortable, but I'm all melded in here together. We're really meant to stand out from the crowd and utilize our unique gifts. Just like you have a gift, our, our listeners, you have a gift. Uh, and it, I mean, there's 8 billion people on the planet, but no one is created like, uh, like anyone else. Now we have a lot of similarities, but we're unique. But oftentimes what happens is the bully in our mind, which is where the, the bully resides because the bully in our mind, uh, takes on somebody in third grade, told us we were dumb or stupid or slow or fat or ugly, or they didn't like our hair. They didn't like our looks. They didn't like our clothes, whatever, you know, the list goes on and on. But what happens is we, 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 um, kind of compartmentalize those in our brain. And anytime we're feeling down, that bully in our brain kind of digs that back out and says, you know what? They were right in third grade. You know, you, you are slow. No wonder you can't figure it out. You are dumb. And it, it, I call it weeds in your, your mental garden. And I talk about it in the book there. If uh, it, it's, um, I'll get back in the book here in a minute, but it, it's like, if you're going to plant something in a garden, the first thing you have to do is get those doggone weeds out. Because if you don't, it doesn't matter how fertile the seed is and how fertile the soil is, those weeds are going to suffocate that seed. And unfortunately, that's what the negative thoughts do in our mind. So oftentimes we talk about, you know, positive affirmations and I believe in me, which are powerful. But if we have more negative weeds in our mind than we do the positive seeds, then what are we going to turn to? We're going to turn to the negative because yeah. uh, I'm just a normal human being. I grew up uh, on a farm and uh, we had horses and cows. And I was told as a, as a kid, and that's kind of what's in the story here of the book that, you know, I'd never amount to anything. And I was a loser. I was a dumb, stinky farm boy. And, you know, one of the ways kids would bully me when I was a kid, it would be, uh, they'd go, what's that smell? Oh, that's Richie. He's poor. He's on a farm. Now, I didn't think, I mean, yeah, I shoveled horse poop and bailed hay, and but I, I took a shower every day, but that was just the way kids would try and pick at me. And uh, we had a milk cow, which is uh, what we use for milk. And that was another way kids say, he's so poor, he can't even afford milk. And uh, so anyway, a lot of those things, they they plant those seeds in your mind. And before you know it, you start believing the uh, um, th those uh, negative thoughts. And if you give them any type of attention at all, 
those weeds, as I mentioned, they grow. And something I kind of talk about in the book is how hard it is to dig a weed out of a garden. I give an example of uh, uh, the, the younger me is Logan in the story, and the older me is Uncle Joe. <laughs> it's, still, it's the same. It's the same person. But I tell the story of me as a kid through Logan's eyes, and then Joe, the older me, with the wisdom, experience, knowledge of being a martial arts forty plus years, being a PE teacher for eleven years, a coach for thirty something years, uh, and then uh, become a, a blessed uh, Ziggler speaker, Zig Ziggler speaker, trainer, coach, and uh, so I've taken all that experience and kind of melded it in there. So the older me, Joe, is teaching the younger me, Logan, everything I wish I would have known about standing up for myself and believing in myself. And essentially, uh, Joe is the hero that Logan, me, the younger me, if people can follow that, was always looking for. And I'm hopeful that's what the book, uh, which is, it's written for kids nine to about 15. Now, I encourage parents to read it as well. And older kids can get a lot out of it too. But that's kind of the general audience because uh, that's when the the I know in my life and I've seen it from being a PE teacher and then also being a coach. That's where the the heaviest bullying seems to take place is uh, is between those ages simply because kids are um, uh, well nowadays kids mature so gosh darn fast it's scary. But that's when they really start hitting puberty and they start growing through the the changes and uh, for whatever reason uh, um, their attitudes start drifting in a, in a wrong direction and they're all dealing with mental bullies as everybody is and some kids handle it better than others and unfortunately the kids that maybe don't have strong support or role models or even a good foundational parenting duo uh, they're the kids that seem to act out the most and hurt people hurt others so a lot of times these bullies are really really hurt themselves and what do they do they do what they've learned to do and that's hurt somebody else so part of the message about becoming bullyproof is not only helping the victim but helping the bully uh, uh, to, to, to learn how to be a better person. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Yep. And the bully needs help too, because they're acting out a lot of their own stuff that a lot of their own pain on other people. Um, so how did you, so you were a PE teacher and then you had your own martial arts studio and you're what you're like, a what, uh, not even a triple, you're even more than that black belt. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a six degree black belt. I've okay. uh, been blessed. I've been over to Korea four different times to receive all my advanced certifications. Um, so that was that was pretty special. The uh, style I'm in, and uh, most moms don't give a hoot, and most dads are. I'm a, I'm a pop dads with a with a right hook here. A lot of times, dads would come in. Oh, what style of martial art are you taking? And I would tell them, and, I, and I'd say, Well, what do you want to learn? And uh, they would say, Well, I've heard this, I've heard that, and everybody's got their own take on it. Uh, the style I was in is called Tung Sudo. Uh, in over forty plus years, I've dabbled in a lot of different styles, but that's the primary style that Chuck Norris started off in, and it's all about uh, pretty much physical hand to hand combat of techniques on how to protect yourself in any any capacity but just as important as the physical and, uh, and and oftentimes i find that sometimes other martial arts drift a little bit a lot of them focus just on the physical well they have a thing called the martial arts triangle and it's almost like uh you know, well but being a christian we call it you know father son and holy spirit when martial arts triangle is body mind and spirit and uh, the body is the physical the mind which is pretty much the ultimate weapon here right it can either be work work for us or against us and then the uh, spirit regardless if people are a christian or not i talk about the spirit is just believing and knowing that you are a speck in the universe there's something bigger and better 
and greater than you are out there. So living through that spirit is that drive to be a better person every single day, to be a better person today than I was yesterday. And uh, and we have our battles. I mean, I'm a human too. So some days I just, uh, bleh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it just happens. But uh, um, I, I tell you what really motivates and inspires me is what we're doing right here, uh, being on a podcast, being on a show talking, doing the YouTube videos and being in front of uh, audiences not only giving them the energy, but feeding back off of that energy, uh, because it's, uh, uh, well, to me, it's just so empowering to know that I'm, I've been blessed. We all have our gifts. Uh, mine is talking too much. According to my second grade teacher, Richie talks too much. Um, but, uh, anyway, it, it, it uh, um, uh, I'll get back to the martial arts. It's been, I started in uh, 1979. So that's a few years ago. And uh, I've always wanted a martial arts academy. And I, I played hockey competitively as a kid. But once I realized I wasn't going to be a, a pro, I dove back into martial arts about 19 years old. Uh, the phone wasn't ringing. I wasn't getting any calls. And, but anyway, uh, I cried for a little bit. I'm not going to be a pro hockey player, but that's right. I still play today. So I'm happy about that. But um, the Martial Arts Academy, that's when we started that. Uh, we started the uh, the quest was to do that. And uh, then I went back to school in the midst of that and got my degree in uh, kinesiology education. And okay. kinesiology is the study of human movement. And then uh, the secondary was an education. So I, I taught PE for 11 years during the day while I was growing uh, the, the business, the Martial Arts Academy. And I also put out a couple exercise videos in the timeline too. They're called kick to get fit. If anybody wants to look those up and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, kick to get fit, a kick to get in better shape, a kick to uh, get back up when life knocks you down, a kick to get fit. But um, anyway, so uh, I taught for 11 years and uh, it got to the point where the, the martial arts academy was growing the way I'd hoped it uh, would. And I, I, I turned in my resignation to stop teaching and focus full-time on the business. And that was in uh, 2012. And um, since then, uh, my wife, who, I don't know, mom's listening out there and and otherwise, uh, you are the pillar, you are the foundation, you are the support beam, regardless what anybody says, you know, behind every successful man is a strong, supportive woman. And uh, I called her my sugar mama because she's the one that worked and made all the money while I was failing at business. <laughs> <laughs> and she put up with me, uh, but uh, she's really the root that really drove everything to, because um, I, I have is kind of on another note, those that are struggling, maybe with business or life, you got to get back up. I, I was I went bankrupt twice, had a house foreclosed on, cars repossessed. And those are things I never used to talk about because I was embarrassed to death. But now I openly talk about them because I find out more people than not are struggling with different things, either financially or mentally or emotionally or in a relationship or, or whatever. But I always encourage, you know, keep fighting, keep battling and communicate with your spouse, just like you got to communicate with your kids to know what's going on in their life. And that's a one of the best ways to help bully proof yourself and your relationship is that communication because problems just do not fix themselves. Bullying just doesn't go away. We have to do something in order to, uh, uh, and that's part of the ABCC is communicate clearly and confidently. And I know you got that listed as a question. So we'll I'll wait till you ask on that and we'll dive into yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah, going through all of that, it's like you also connected to the bullying brain. And going through hard knocks, which we all have them, and internalizing those messages when we're young. And it's hard when we attach ourselves. Like I had learning, you know, learning differences, and um, they call them disabilities back then, you know, and that sticks with you. Oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. And so I have to prepare my brain 
because that can still be there. You know, you're not enough in some way. And to be able to speak back to those voices to, like you said, continue to, you know, continue to be here and do what I feel called to do. But uh, we all have that, our kids. And that's why I like to, you you aim a lot of your stuff towards kids, but also towards parents, because we all have it one one way or another. So why don't, uh, yeah, t- share with us the ABCs. Yeah. Well, and I, if I could, I just want to touch base on uh, the parents because at our martial arts academy, it was the we're teaching the kids, and we had adults in the in the class too. But the primary audience was was kids, and uh, but I would always like we had um, what we call a mat chat, and we had a different mat chat. We had a mat chat message of the month, week, and then day, kind of breaking it down that way, and. Two to three minutes of every single class right in the middle middle of it, we would call the kids over, they'd take a knee and say, all right, parents, you know, if you could please put your cell phones down and listen in. This is our Matt Chat message of, well, it would say what the month was, just hypothetically speaking, saying it was respect. And then uh, the message of the week was self-respect. And that message on any given uh, day would be, all right, what is self-respect? Was re- self-respect is treating yourself with kindness. What is respect? Treating others with kindness. So how do we do that? Well, we have to respect ourselves by following directions, doing our very, very best, having the right a- uh, attitude and putting forth the right amount of effort. And would say, parents, now we, we're going to count on you because you're only with us an hour and a half a week to help hold the kids accountable because it takes a village to raise a child. Not just, you know, you go to martial arts class an hour and a half a week. That's not going to change things. We have to continue to uh, um, put these messages forward. So we'd always encourage the parents, if anything, to record the messages so they could replay it or at least listen uh, when we're talking about it so they could talk about it in the car or later in the week. If a child, you know, a parent would say, hey, uh, have you cleaned your room? Oh, well, I just don't want to or whatever. I mean, I never like cleaning my room either, nor did any kids, right? But it's all about that sense of respect. And so I tell the kids, look, if mom and dad ask you to clean your room or put your shoes side by side or do your homework and you don't do those things, what's going to happen? Because, well, I'm going to get in trouble. I said, right. And we all love to get in trouble, right? The kids like, well, no. I mean, you don't like to get in trouble? Well, of course not. I said, all right, you said it. I didn't. Of course, you don't like getting in trouble. So how do we avoid getting in trouble? By doing what we're told. Oh, you know, it's almost like a revelation to them. It's kind of a little mind game, but I'm connecting with kids on a level they understand. I said, so let me get this straight. If you don't like getting in trouble, then what should you probably do? Follow directions. And when you follow directions, is that being respectful to yourself? Yeah. Why? Because I'm not getting in trouble. Yes. I said, because when you get in trouble, you're not respecting yourself. So I kind of, and the reason I feel like I connect with kids so well, because I'm nothing but a big kid trapped in this adult body, but I've got a little bit of wisdom experience and the things that I know I used to get in trouble for and the things that would bother me, I try and use those, I don't know, I'll call it Jedi mind trick with my own kids or other kids, but just connecting them instead of just yelling at them for what they did wrong or saying, gosh, darn it, you're going to be in trouble or this and that. And I'm not saying I didn't do those things. I learned through experience like everybody else, but I found out connecting with kids on a level they understand is far more uh, receptive and productive than uh, in using words that we kind of try and plant in their head, like respect and then self-respect, let them know when you're in trouble, that's not respecting yourself because you don't like being in trouble. So it's just kind of a, an avenue of how we would connect with the parents and the kids to kind of continue to uh, plant the seeds in the mental garden with that message. So I just yeah. wanted to touch on that. I know that was longer than real quick, but I wanted to kind of tell the story yeah. to help the parents yeah. listening. 
Well, I like that. On that note, I like how you talk about self-respect because I was watching so many of the YouTube videos and listening to your podcast as I was preparing. And then I loved your message and uh, you give it and they're, and they're short messages, but they're powerful. And just about self-respect really is us doing what we say we're going to do. And therefore we're respecting ourselves. And I love thinking of of it that way, because we can say to our kids, well, you need to respect me, you know, or, <laughs> but we might not be doing the things we're saying that we, that we're going to do either. And so I just thought that was really powerful for me to think, am I doing those things that I say I'm going to do? Am I modeling it that for my kids? Am I modeling that in my life? Am I respecting myself? And I think that's a really powerful message to our kids. Am I doing, by respecting myself, by doing what I'm saying I'm going to do? But that's uh, also another way to kind of help build what I like to call your bullyproof armor. If you disrespect yourself, now you're pretty much opening yourself up for others to disrespect you as well, because you're like, well, I don't respect myself. Well, I guess nobody else is going to respect me either. But you start showing that self-discipline and that self-respect, then it, it strengthens that armor. You're, you're, you're not going to allow someone else to disrespect you, but it all starts with that self-respect and little things would have the kids do at the academy that put their shoes side by side. And I said, that's showing not only self-discipline, but self-respect because mom and dad shouldn't, mom and dad paid for the shoes. But they're your shoes, so you should, uh, excuse me, you should respect mom and dad for buying you those shoes and then respect the shoes, the value that you have by putting them side by side. And the same thing with your clothes. Don't throw your clothes in the floor. It's disrespecting your clothes. Put them in the laundry basket. So it's a little bitty steps, but, um, you know, journey a thousand miles starts with one step. So a journey of self-discipline and self-respect are these little bitty things. And, you know, those little bitty things compound into something big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it empowers them and makes it uh, makes them more confident. Like you said, st- standing taller. You know, it, it's giving, it's providing them more of that grounded feeling of you know knowing who they are, doing what they say they're going to do. Yeah, and that's where the uh, um, standing taller comes because if you respect yourself, as I mentioned, you're you're, you're going to put up a bigger. Uh, barrier to before you let somebody else disrespect you. But if you feel down, you feel out, which we all go through the emotional roller coaster, I like to call it of life. But when we're down and we're not respecting ourselves and we're not showing self-discipline to ourselves, we're an easy target. We're an easy victim. And the predators in the wild, you know, the lion, and I talk about this a lot. I used to teach a lot of and I, I I I need to get them going here in Florida, women's self-empowerment workshops. And I call them the years ago, 20 years ago, I called them rape prevention workshops, but there's no way just like I can't prevent bullying from happening. I can't prevent that from happening. But what I can do is empower you with the, the, the awareness, the confidence, the strength, the belief in yourself to walk around, not looking like a target, but walk around looking like a hero, looking like a warrior that you are. And like I mentioned, the lion, they go after the weakest gazelle. They don't go after the strongest gazelle predators in, in our society. They go after the easy targets. Why? Because it's easy. And most bullies or predators or attackers, they're not strong here or here. So they're not going to go after somebody that's going to put up a fight or resistance because all that's going to do is make them feel even worse. They're going to go after the person they think they can get over on. Same thing with uh, yeah. bullies at school. So, so it's they, all about that armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They hate the ABCs. So the first one's awareness. Why awareness? 
It was what is the number one thing I talk about in a martial arts class and self-protection and the self-empowerment workshops with the with women, and I think is the greatest tool to protecting yourself is awareness, awareness of your surroundings, awareness of what's going on around you, awareness with the thoughts in your mind, and awareness of your kids and your family members. And of course, awareness of potentially dangerous situations, predators, bullies, and anyone that's out there uh, that meant to do you harm. You have to be aware of those things. Oftentimes, nowadays, we walk around. I'm going to, those that aren't watching the thing here, I got my cell phone here with our head buried in our device. And we're not aware of anything that's going on around us because this thing sucks us in. I call it our digital pacifier because <laughs> yeah. it keeps our attention, but we have no awareness of what's going on around us. So, uh, bullies, predators, people that are trying to, uh, out to do us harm, they're looking for that lack of awareness. And then I say the awareness in your mind, because you also got to be aware of what we plant is what grows. Uh, in the in the book, I talk about if you want strawberries, what kind of seeds do you need to plant? Strawberry seeds. If yeah. you plant onion seeds, you're getting onions. So if we plant negativity all the time and self-doubt and limiting beliefs, that's what's going to grow in our mind. And our mind is the most fertile garden. So the A is awareness. And then not only to be aware of it, but avoid it. Avoid the negative self-talk. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm worthless. And, and, and avoid dangerous situations. And I've been a martial arts 40 plus years. I specialize in not only self-empowerment, but practical self-defense. But doesn't mean I'm going to walk down a, a bad alley and challenge everybody in the alley. That, that's just ridiculous. So just being aware of that and then avoiding dangerous situations. Like uh, for, for ladies out there, first thing, when you go out to your car, a uh, little thing we talk about in the self-empowerment classes is I know you're busy, but you don't need to be on your phone. Have your keys out. And when you walk up to your car, walk up to the passenger side first and glance to make sure your tires are aired up. Glance through the back window and then go around. Glance at your, your driver's side. Make sure both tires are inflated. Make sure there's nothing on your windshield and get in the car and immediately lock, lock the door. And a lot of times people say, well, when I get in the car, when I put it in drive or reverse, the door's locked. Just lock the doors immediately. Get into a habit of doing that because who knows if you get a text or you get a call or you're looking over a receipt, you you may be sitting there for, you know, you think it's only 30 seconds, could be two or three minutes where you're vulnerable in that car. If that door's locked, the person, and I say the element of surprise is indefensible. And I've been a martial arts, like I mentioned, 40 plus years. But if the element of surprise, if I don't have my door locked and someone comes and grabs that door, first thing I'm going to do is this, and it may be too late. But if the door is locked, I'm going to, whoa, what's going on here? But now I've got time to do something. So that little safety tip for the ladies. And then I also encourage you, as soon as you lock the door, start the car immediately. Because even if you think it's only 30 seconds, you're on your phone. It could be two or three minutes and you realize, holy crap, my, my car's been started. I got to get out of here, which is what I encourage you to do. So sorry, a little, a little yeah, bit of extra so, self-protection. Yeah, so awareness. So would you say um, uh, that if you're going down, like kids are walking down the hallway and they know that there's going to be a bully there. So they're aware of the bully. So then what would you say to them? Should they keep, should they go a different way? What? That is a great question. And, and that's another thing we talk about in the book. If you know what hallway the bully hangs out in, avoid that hallway if you can. If you know what ta- table that bully sits at in the lunchroom, avoid that. Now, I'm never ever and nor will I ever tell people to run from their problems. But I am saying be wise enough because, unfortunately, unless unless something's done to stop the bully, the bully's going to continue bullying. And if, if you're not there to bully, they're going to find somebody else. 
Now, yes, we can work on and help the bully, but right now we're talking about working and helping the kids develop the empowerment and self-confidence to believe in themselves. And that's a journey of a thousand miles. They can't, they can't help the bully if they can't help themselves first. So that first step, if you're not there, the bully's going to find somebody else to bully. And then once you become empowered, now you can help the other kids who might potentially be bullied. Uh, but let's learn the ABCs and the tools. But yeah, just avoid it. And same thing if uh, people at work or, or ladies, if you've got somebody in the office that you know maybe isn't appropriate or makes you feel uncomfortable, stay away from them. That yeah. person's going to yeah. find someone yeah. else, uh, as unfortunate that is. But once again, we can't help and empower or fix others until we make sure we're bullyproof ourselves. So that's kind of the progressionary step there. Okay, great. So awareness. B, is that believe? It is. It's yeah. believing yourself by strengthening your bulletproof armor. So the, the, in those, I'm flexing here, bulletproof armor. Yeah. And uh, you see the armor around our logo there. And uh, that's there for a purpose. And uh, those that uh, are, are Christians, I got the actual bulletproof armor from the armor of God, <laughs> giving okay. you that strength and protection to protect your two most vulnerable areas. And those most vulnerable areas are your mind and your heart. Uh, your heart is, if you're a good person, you're out there, you're trying to help, you're trying to be good, trying to be a great parent, trying to be a great mom, and you're laying your heart out there. And oftentimes, uh, hurt people hurt others. They see somebody that's vulnerable, got their heart out there, and they fillet it up. Now, I'm not saying change who you are, continue to be that wonderful, loving, uh, heart-centered person. But we got to make sure we protect that. And then our mind, I say that's uh, um, the second area of the bullies attack, because whatever has been said to us in any way, shape or form or done to us, we keep a file storage in our brain. And that a bully within, the bully in our mind seems to always go to that and pull it out at the most inopportune times, uh, because what we focus on magnifies. So it just continues to build. But the B is believe in yourself and you believe in yourself. By, and how do you strengthen your bullyproof armor? That That's you go through. A, avoiding the negative, uh, being aware and avoiding negative self-talk, avoiding negative uh, um, input in whatever way you can. And then the B is planting the right seeds. Once again, you want strawberries, you got to plant strawberries, but at the same time, you got to make sure you dig those negative weeds out of that mental garden in order to plant those. And uh, so that the B is to believe in your yourself, to strengthen that bullyproof armor. And that's through positive affirmations, positive input, listening to a podcast like this uh, and, and, and continuing to empower yourself to believe in yourself. And the the secondary step is that is every time you overcome a challenge, regardless what that is, maybe a challenge is just getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. That happens. Well, you have now strengthened your armor because you have overcome that challenge. Maybe your next challenge is, is not losing your mind because you're stuck in traffic, <laughs> talking to yourself, listening to something positive. Maybe your child's first step is getting out of bed. We'll have them get out of bed a little bit earlier instead of the mad dash rush because you're running late. Now I say that because I'm I'm a, I'm the night owl. So getting up in the mornings is a little bit tougher for, for me. It's something I need to work on. I'm the same thing my kids, but I know when you get out, you get up in a panic and you're already 10 minutes late before you can get out of bed, <laughs> yeah. you're, in a, you're in a rush and all you're doing is uh, um, everything's going to start going wrong. And that negativity in the mind, that's not strengthening your bulletproof armor. That's not believing in yourself. And that's not helping yourself start off with a positive day. Yeah. Good. Okay. B is belief. C, you had said commit, right? Communicate. communicate. Oh, it's communicate. Okay. It, 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 I love commit too. That's fantastic. <laughs> How about this? For, for right now, we'll just change it real quick to commit to communicating clearly and confidently. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay. 
So, uh, but yeah, it's, and you have to commit to being aware. You have to commit to believing in yourself and you have to commit to communicating clearly and confidently. And uh, what that means is the communication, as I mentioned earlier, is the key to, you think about most people that have separations or divorce or, or have a falling out with their kids. It's lack of communication, right? Because we think we know what they mean when, and then we think that they know what, uh, uh, what we said wasn't communicated or interpreted in the right way, but unless we communicate clearly and confidently, uh, we're, we're, we're never going to, well, I guess the communication barrier is going to be broken down, but with the way I kind of present it with a bullyproof message is with your voice, with your actions, with your posture, communicate a confident message. Don't walk around defeated. And, uh, um, those are, those listening, as long as you're not driving right now, uh, go ahead and do this with me. And those watching the the uh, the, the video here, if put your head down, your shoulders forward, and just tell you know in your mind, how does that feel? Well, sure, sec doesn't feel strong. It doesn't look strong, and you're doing far more than just physically looking down. You're compromising your lungs, and your lungs a source of oxygen. Obviously, the more oxygen you have pumping to your brain, pumping to your extremities, the stronger you are. When you're down, you're defeated. When you're defeated. You're an easy target. Now, roll that head back, roll those shoulders, or roll the yeah. head back, shoulders up. Now you're like, holy cow, yeah, I'm empowered. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually expanded your lungs, so now your lungs are uh, operating their full capacity. So you get more oxygen to the brain. You're thinking clear. You get more oxygen to your extremities, so your body's a lot looser. You can move stronger and better, and you don't look like a victim. So that's the body posture. And then when you communicate, like if a bully's, I don't know, saying something they shouldn't say, being disrespectful or rude, don't. Don't go at it with a defeated posture and defeated tone going, you know, you're, you're hurting my feelings. Stop that. Why are you doing that to me? All they're going to do. I mean, it's like a, a shark smelling blood in the water. They're going to attack. Well, yeah. you need to shoulders back, head up and say, hey, knock it off. And I mean it. Now, you might be scared to death to say that. You might be peeing your pants on the inside, but you've projected strength. You've projected courage. You've respected confidence. And like, whoa. Now, the thing with bullying, the longer it's gone on, the more you're going to have to do to stop it. So I encourage the sooner you can stop it with the A, B, and C, you know, if you avoid it altogether, you're aware of it, the bully's going to find somebody else. But at the same time, you're working on the B, believing in yourself. You're working on the C, communicating clearly and confidently. And the best way to do this is parents, moms, you can do this with your kids, role play with them. Yeah. You know, have them put their head down, their shoulders forward, look defeated, then have them look in the mirror. Heck, just take a picture of it and have them look at that and ask them, how does that make you feel? Well, it doesn't matter if you're a, a five-year-old or uh, you're a parent or a senior citizen, you look depressed and down, you're going to feel depressed and down. Mm -hmm. So then have them roll the shoulders back and head up and take a picture of that. Say, how does that look? How does that make you feel? Now look in the mirror and do the same thing. The mirror is, is. Well, I could say the meanest, nastiest bully we ever face is in our mind and, and, and who we see in the mirror. So we look bad. We feel bad. We look great. We look empowered. We're going to feel that way as well. It all kind of works together. But then look in the mirror and say, I believe in you. You are special. You're unique. You've got a special talent. And the more you say it, the more you're really going to start to believe it. And a lot of people say, oh, those affirmation things, they don't work. I tried it for a day. and that, Well, you, you tried positive for a day, but unfortunately you've lived your whole life feeding the negative. Well, it's going to take a little bit longer to dig those weeds out, but I promise you that the, the sooner you start it 
the quicker you start it and the more you stay at it, that commitment <laughs> is going to help. And, 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 and uh, um, another thing, which is beautiful is pen and paper. I, I do, uh, we had, uh, and we're, we're, we're redoing it. Uh, we had, it was a free, free gift on our website here. Right now we got some bullyproof tips. If you go to our website, grogansbullyproof.com, uh, you can sign up and get a free PDF. And one side is for kids, the ABCs, and the other side is for parents, the ABCs, uh, to become bullyproof. But, um, I call it your weed seeds and trees journal. And I talk about it in the book there in, in the, um, what you can do, just take a piece of paper at the top, write weeds. And I want you to write every, every negative thought or emotion you've ever had, you know, I, anybody, maybe something that anybody's ever said to you or a self-doubt or limiting belief you have about yourself. Maybe it's, I am dumb. I am fat. I am stupid. I am slow. I am ugly. I have terrible hair, whatever, anything negative, get it out of your head and get it on paper. Then when you look at it, you're going to realize how absolutely ridiculous those things on paper are, but we're not done yet. The next step is to go through that. I am dumb. Cross that off and say, not anymore. I'm not dumb. That's digging that weed out. And that's destroying that weed. Cross off the next one, cross off the next one, cross off the next one. And you're going to see, oh my gosh, I allowed that to bother me. And it seems so simple, but it's so effective. And then on the next uh, side of the paper or the next page, write seeds and seeds are all the positive things you're going to plant about yourself. I am smart. I am good looking. I am intelligent. I have wonderful hair. (laughs) I am awesome. And, uh, Oftentimes people will say, well, isn't that really lying to yourself? I said, no, no, no. It's predicting the future <laughs> because that's who you really are. But you got to believe it about yourself before you can make it happen. And uh, uh, and then the next one, uh, it, it's kind of a newbie that it was one of the last things we kind of added to the book. So we had the the weeds and seeds, but I said, man, we got to have something else. And it's trees. And what the trees are, are your past successes. Because oftentimes when we're feeling down, it's hard to think of anything positive. Uh, so the trees will help you actually plant more seeds. And the trees are uh, any any type of success you've had. And you can go back as far as I learned how to walk. <laughs> I learned how to ride a bike. I learned how to drive a car. I learned how to write a paper. I learned how to do my ABCs. Now I'm being very rudimentary here, but oftentimes we have a hard time thinking of our past successes because we're so focused on the present. And if it's, if it's a negative present right now, that's what we're focusing on. So the more trees you have already planted, you put on paper that you can see, the more it's going to encourage you to write more uh, seeds down to grow future trees. And at the same time, it's going to empower you to get those weeds out, look at them, cross them off and realize how ridiculous they really are. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What we focus on grows. We have a whole like affirmations. It's always so popular for parents to affirm their kids, but they're fill in the blank. So it's like, wow, I love how you put in the effort on, you fill it in. So it fits your specific kid because I find as parents, we spend so much time trying to fix something or tell them what to do or what they should be doing, but it's negative. And we're feeding more of those weeds rather than trying to really focus in on what are my kids' strengths? What are they are what are they doing that I can notice, become more aware of and affirm the good stuff. But versus focusing on the weeds and the worst grade, like, you know, the C that your kid's getting in math versus how creative they are and, and how much they love art and they're creating. We focus on the lowest grade and 
Yeah. So we can do that with ourselves. We can do that with our kids. It would be cool to do it as a family, even, you know, being able to say, okay, what are some of our negative self What's some of our negative self-talk and how can we replace, replace those, you know, with truth or affirmations? Do you do that? Have you that, that's a, that's a wonderful idea. We, um, at the martial arts Academy, I'd talk about the ABCs and the weed seeds and trees and things of that nature. Uh, but, uh, that is a great idea kind of sitting down as a family and doing it together. Uh, because obviously the, the more support all of us have, especially when working with our kids, instead of saying, here, here's a homework assignment, go work on this. <laughs> well, they're not going to want to do it anyway, especially if they're not feeling in a positive, happy state of mind, uh, the, 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 the mindset isn't going to be right. And that's kind of the reason I started off with the weeds first is that that's what they're focusing on is a negative to dig that stuff up first and get it out and cross it off. But um, it, it, just hearing you talk there makes me kind of think we could almost reverse engineer it too. instead of weeds, seeds and trees. We could go with trees, seeds and then weeds kind of go back and forth, you know, start with the positive. If we're able to do that and then plant more seeds according to the trees we've already grown and then dig the weeds out. Uh, but um, the kind of the reason I went with the weeds first is a lot of times with the kids, when they're being bullied, they can't think about anything else yeah, except yeah, for the negativity. Yeah. So yeah. I was wanting the first step uh, before we can put anything in the ground is we got to get those gosh darn weeds out because those weeds will suffocate those seeds. Well, that is why I loved uh reading and going to your website because you you include the parents in that and adults because I think you know I was bullied as a kid and I kind of you know I think I thought I was the only one yeah. you know I and I'm the only one that feels like I'm stupid I you know nobody likes me you know I was stuck in that but if I if my parents had it they didn't you know know how to do that but Oh yeah, I I struggle with negative self-talk and brought that out as a conversation, which is what you do. Know that we're all works in progress. We're all working on this. Our kids will feel less alone too and more empowered as a result. Spot on. And I never, my parents never knew. Uh, my dad's a, a part, 101st Airborne. He was a Vietnam vet. So there is absolutely no way I could bring that up to him. And, and I was a farm boy. So I was taught to be manly and tough and I can't have feelings and emotions. And, and I get it. My, my, my dad and mom, they did the very, very best they could do with the knowledge they had. Um, that was almost brought up. Uh, there's an old Johnny Cash song named a boy named Sue. Uh, I used oh, to think yeah. I, I could have been a, yeah, it could have been a boy named Richie, you know, Richie, the world's tough. It's mean, it's hateful. It's going to beat you down. You better learn how to get yourself back up or you're just going to live in misery your whole life. And that was the approach. And, um, you know, I talk about in the book that, uh, at, at a young age, I remember being bullied. And this kid kept, you know, smacking me across the face, calling me all kinds of different things, kicking me in the groin and, uh, just, just relentless. And I went in crying one day and dad says, look, until you punch that kid in the face, he's never going to stop. Well, I don't want to punch a kid in the face. But kid was at it again, and uh, he come up and hauled off and kicked me square in the groin uh, and fell crying, and he's laughing in my face. And all I remember was dad saying, he's never going to stop. Well, I grabbed the kid, and I went to town on him while well, I lost control of myself. And I really, really hurt the kid badly. I'm talking I broke his nose, and he had to go to the hospital. So all I know is 
Uh, and I, I kind of lost it. All I remember is my mom pulling me off of this kid and I've never seen my mom more scared and there's blood absolutely everywhere. And she's yelling, screaming, freaking out. All I could think of was how dad, how proud my dad was going to be. I did it. I stood up the bully. I punched him in the face. I beat him up. I stood up for myself. When dad got home, he wasn't happy at all. I mean, to the point he freaked out on me and I'm like, what the heck here? Who's going to pay his medical bills? You put him in a hospital. And I'm like, dad, dad, I couldn't get a word in. And all I'm thinking is you, you told me to do this. Well, dad did. But what I didn't get was dad said to stop the bully, you punch him or whatever you need to do to stop them. You don't lose control and become the bully yourself. It took me years to understand that message. Matter of fact, I allowed myself to be bullied for years after that because I was afraid of freaking out and losing control. So all I did was pack it in. And uh, the bad thing about that is the the we all have our, our, our aggression. We all have our frustrations. We all have our anger. And oftentimes as a parent, and uh, uh, we, we pack all the stress in and then we freak out on our kids because they do something silly. Instead of gradually letting it out or communicating clearly to our kids and talking to them about it, we pack it all in. And unfortunately, at school, that happens. You know, the school shootings that we have, it's kids or even adults that have packed all this stuff in. And then at one point in time, it spills out. Yeah. So another part of the book I talk about is you got to get it out in a safe manner. So we all have that frustration. We got to get it out and uh, exercise, working out, hitting equipment. That's a good way of getting it out. Another way of getting it out is writing on paper. Get that stuff out of our mind because we continue to pack all that in. Bad things will end up happening. Or even as a parent, or, or you know, uh, Zig Ziglar would always talk about who kicked your cat. And uh, I'll give a quick story on who, who kicked your cat. And it's if you're at work and uh, um, your boss is, is on to you about uh, who knows, Maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he his expense report came back negatively. He's frustrated, so he takes it out on you. You go out for lunch. You're mad as heck, and uh, all you can't you can't stop thinking about the boss. Well, you get a speeding ticket. Now you're mad as heck because you were mad. If the boss made you mad, now you got a speeding ticket. Well, it's the boss's fault. So you get back to work, and now you're mad as heck with your coworkers. So you're getting onto them. You're kind of letting it out on them. Well, they had nothing to do with it, but they're right in the way of it. Well, that coworker suddenly goes home and sees her kid who's got socks and shoes all over the floor. He's got a tear in his pants and the mom is going off on that kid. It trickles downhill. Well, the kid yeah. gets up and right then the cat walks across in front of him and the kid hauls off and kicks the cat. So Zig says it would be better if that person, the boss, just went to your house and kicked the cat and left everybody else out of the equation. But that's how it trickles down. And we yeah. continue to. And once again, we're bullying ourselves. But at the same time, we're also bullying someone else because the explosion or the cat who did nothing wrong is the one that gets the blunt of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never heard that story. Kick the, the kick in the cat. So, that's say, exactly right. That's exactly how it happens. Whose cat have you kicked today? <laughs> yeah. So you got it. You got to get it out. So what would you say? I mean, bullying. I was one of the first questions I was going to ask you. So I'm kind of going backwards, but it does seem like bullying is really been on the rise. I mean, it's always existed. Do you think that that's true since code? Do you think it's COVID? Is that your. Uh, uh, it's um, it, it's social media. Uh, so I, I, I talk about when, when I was a kid, I knew at three 30, bullying was over. I could go to my safe Haven. I could go home and I didn't have to worry about it till the next day. 
you know, if anyone was going to call and bully me, we had a landline and, uh, you know, I could just hang up on them or tell my mom to answer the phone. So I didn't have to worry about it until the next day. Nowadays, the bullying or, and, and take this for how I say it, the fun for the bully really begins when school gets out because now they can hide behind a device, a screen and say absolutely anything they want. And bullies, well, a lot of times bullies are rude, mean, and disrespectful because it's a learned behavior. They've learned it and now hurt people, hurt others. They're just kind of passing it on. You know, maybe they're abused at home or bullied at home. Maybe they're a younger sibling and an older brother or sister is bullying them, or they've seen their parents bully others. So they just think that's the way to do it. I'm not forgiving them or, or excusing their behavior because it is a behavior that means it can be changed. However, they're choosing to be the bully. Well, bullies behind a device and even adult bullies and moms, I, I know you, any, if you're on social media, you see the bullies out there, they are uh, relentless. And since there's no accountability and there's no consequence, they will say and pretty much do anything online because there is no accountability. And the worst thing that happens. So say we've got bullying uh, on, on the playground. Well, one kid's bullying another, everybody standing around thinks, gosh, darn, I wish someone would say something. I wish someone would do something. Everybody feels horrible about it, but mm -hmm. no one dares say anything. Why? Because all they know is, man, I'm sorry it's happened to you, but better you than me. So nobody says anything. The same gosh darn thing, but magnify that by thousands online. Everybody reads those comments. Everybody sees that and thinks, oh gosh, you get an ugly, gross feeling about yourself. But instead of saying something, we're like, well, I feel sorry for that person, but you know what? Maybe they deserved it. They didn't deserve it, but we're afraid to step up and say something. And I, I'd love to say I'm perfect at it. A lot of times what I try and do, I've got a little thing, especially if I get, well, uh, I used to call them haters. I try not to call them haters anymore because I feel they got enough hate in their life. They don't need me call them haters. So I do what's called love, block, and delete. Love people because we're supposed to love everybody but we're also supposed to love ourselves. So block and delete the negative comment and block those people because they're just miserable looking for other misery. And there's too many other people out there that want the positive message. And if that person doesn't want it, then I don't need them on my profile. So love yeah. block and delete. <laughs> but to answer your question, absolutely. It's gotten far worse because now the fun really begins when school gets out or when work gets out because 24 seven people can post whatever they want on social media and there is no accountability. There is no action. So it continues to perpetuate. And it's far more than the five or six kids standing around uh, uh, a bully on the playground. Now it's millions that uh, just dive right in. And, and, you know, oftentimes I'll see people that I'm thinking, man, why are you doing it? it, it it's, it's almost it fuels the bully, the comments. And by nobody stopping them, they continue to do it. And then before you know it, everybody's piling on this innocent victim. And it's like, whoa, what, what the heck happened? Well, it's out of fear of the bully turning on them. No different than the fear of the bully turning on you uh, on the playground or in the lunchroom or the locker room when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That is added a whole nother layer. You can't get away from it. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, it, 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 you know, a lot of times I'll hear folks say, well, I just, uh, and, and now parents, you do what you want to do. Parent what you want, how you want to parent. But I'm holding the phone up for those just listening here. If you bought this for your kid. Now, I encourage you to wait till they're teenagers. Now, if you want them to have a phone for protection or this or that, you know, uh, maybe limit that phone to to just uh, um, a device that only takes phone calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get Once that. I but that. 
if you bought this for your kids, regardless how old they are, and you're paying for this thing, I'm pointing to the phone again, it's yours. That means you have the right to know what the passcode is, the right to look at it at any given time. And I encourage you to do so because this is far too powerful for us as adults. It's for, If it's too powerful for us as adults, think about a child's mind who hasn't fully developed yet. And uh, they are the things they can access on this. What did they say? The phones, well, even 10 years ago, had more power and more accessibility than computers made You know, 20 years ago. <laughs> so the ones nowadays, it's absolutely insane. So parents, that is your phone. That is your device. You have the right, and I encourage you to look at that, know the passcode at any given time. And here's what your kids are going to say. They're going to say, oh, "That's I respect my privacy. That's my phone. And here's now, I used to say this a different way. My wife has helped mold me a little bit. Um, I, I'll tell you the way I used to say it as a, as a dad. Because <laughs> kids would say, well, uh, Johnny's uh, mom and dad don't check up on him. And I would say, well, Johnny's mom's not a very good mom. <laughs> Now, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> My wife sugarcoated a little bit better. So I try, I'm learning still. And, and she would say, well, Johnny's mom parents in the way that she wants to parent. I parent in the way, cause how I love you. I want to protect you from things that you don't know about. So, you know, uh, Johnny's mom makes her choice, but I'm making my choice because I love you. So I've tried to do a better job with that. And then uh, here's here's one because my, my daughter's 19 now. I get a big shout out to my kids. Uh, my son Austin's 22, daughter's 19, Madeline, and my son Emmett's 14. But with my daughter, she's too much like me, too bullheaded. And uh, so I, as, as a woman, I, I trained her her whole life to not take any crap off anybody. Don't you ever let a, a boy or anybody ever disrespect you. I want you to stand up for yourself, stand up for your beliefs, which is great. I want her empowered as a woman when she goes out there. But don't don't use that against dad <laughs> when dad had to come in. Come on now. But uh, anyway, so that was her thing when uh, uh, she got a phone is uh, she's 15 maybe and uh um uh she would have it and i would want to look at it and my De uh, desi my wife would want to look at it and she would get mad and i said well if you got nothing to hide there's nothing to get mad about <laughs> strong-willed and then here's so listen to this ladies and, and uh, some gentlemen listen this has worked and it continues to work to this day so i'm riding it and it was Sweetie, how can you ever be mad at somebody who loves you as much as I do and cares about you as much as I do? I love you. I want to protect you. I want to help you. I want to keep you safe. Now, at first, you'd get mad, and then you'd come back. Okay, Dad, you're right. So that works. Instead of me getting mad and you know, give me your dang phones. That's my phone. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that yeah. doesn't work. It was, so, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the love piece. I'm doing this because I care. And how can you be mad at somebody who loves you as much as I love you? And, uh, it would, it would, it would break through and then she'd start crying. And then, then she'd get mad at me that I kind of broke her down, <laughs> but the love, and my wife always says love wins in the end, you know, and uh, yeah. I'm a bit aggressive. So sometimes I'm, I know, being a fighter my whole life and uh, especially the martial arts and then being a hockey player and grow up on a farm. It's just like, okay, the resilience, the empowerment, the bullyproof armor, which is all good, but we got to make sure we got the love piece in there as well. <laughs> yeah. To balance it. I love it. I love it. So building warrior confidence, that yep. is where they can find you. How about Instagram? Tell them about your website. Uh, so yeah, go to, uh, uh, warrior confidence. The at thingamajanger is, uh, my, uh, Instagram, uh, building warrior confidence on Facebook and then, uh, at warrior confidence on YouTube and then building warrior, or I think it's just warrior warrior confidence is the uh, podcast 
uh, title name. So you can find it there. And we've got 329 episodes on our podcast and they, uh, all kinds of, I've went all over the spectrum with it, but the whole general message is building that confidence to believe in yourself and talk, tell different stories along the way there. Our website is Grogan's Bullyproof. Ah, I love it, Rich. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. We need it. Our kids need it. And uh, I can't wait to share with my audience, you know, all that you're doing. So I appreciate it. Awesome sauce. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for hanging out with me. And if you're enjoying the podcast and you know another mom who could use a boost of encouragement and to hear what we're sharing on the show, I would be so grateful if you could share this episode with her or leave a heartfelt five-star review. Because here at Moms of Tweens and Teens, we're on a mission to get the word out and to let moms all over the world know that they are not alone and that there is a community of support here that is available to them. So I just want to thank you. I'm so grateful for you and have a great week and I will see you back here next time.